Yo, good morning. This is Ryan back from a long two-week hiatus. There was uh, some tef- difficulties. There was some scheduling problems, but that's all right. That's all right. Um, and I'm gonna throw a little curve. Produce Travis first. This is uh, Mr. TRD Lawn Care coming at you from Cleveland, Tennessee. What up, what up, what up, everyone? But this might come as a shock to some people. We finally got him. Hook, line, and sink. Mr. Girl Dad himself is back, Truman Ross. <laughs> what up, everybody? How's it going? Missed y'all. Ready to do some more podcast work and get this thing moving. And yeah, let's see what it brings us. Yeah. Well, the two weeks, me and Travis did it by ourselves. Uh, tra- tra- uh, True was working with some stuff at home. Out of town a lot, which I know all about that life. I'm sure Trav knows all about that life. Yeah. And uh, then the last week, definitely had some technical difficulty stuff. True was out of town still. Me and Trav sat down to do some stuff. Wasn't working out in our favor. Um, couldn't get connected. And it was probably about 1045 before we decided to call it quits. But um, there are my co-hosts. I'm their co-host. Nobody is one better than the other. So let's go ahead and give a shout out to Soulfuls. Even though I really have neglected my social media. With, but Rack Chat Podcast on TikTok. I promise you, as I start to do more 3D archery shooting stuff, I will get more video and a couple more shout outs and um, get some views up going right there. But true, your Facebook. Facebook is uh, Bible Belt Bow Hunting. Everybody go check it out. I have neglected it 1000%. I've been working on the road. Uh, I'll pay more attention to that and try to get out more content. And uh, hopefully be back into the 3D Archer realm here soon. And then Mr. Travis with his shout out for his company. Yes, TRD Lawn Care, Lawn Care and More, whatever you want to call it. Anyone in the Bradley, Megs, McMahon, I'll even say it, Polk County area. Uh, yeah, feel free to reach out. Um, Just know you might have to pay a little extra. Yeah. <laughs> People say that's God's country, and I question their beliefs and everything when they say that. But it is beautiful country, but there's some bad juju there. We won't go into details. <laughs> no, but uh, if you're in the Bucks County area, uh, Pennsylvania, email the Rack Chat podcast at gmail.com or. Oh, my personal email uh, ryanhager96 at gmail.com to schedule some side work for me for HVAC business so if you're looking for somebody to work on your HVAC for the upcoming spring season getting your coils cleaned making sure the filters electrical is doing the electrical and uh, working as possible working as it should really uh, I'll come out you know look at it out with some side stuff trying to get a side business worked up but uh like i said two weeks off man we've we've had we've had some weeks a lot going on with uh my life there's a lot been going on with true's life uh travis's life so true what, what's been going on uh we do some uh environment i've been doing some environmental work for the railroad i won't go into details as to who i have been working for because that's kind of confidential for them. Uh, just uh, helping with some trains that wrecked and whatnot. No, I haven't been in Ohio. Uh, just doing that, and uh, then every chance I get, I get to see my little munchkin that's not so little anymore. She's growing up way too fast. She has, dude. I tra- Truman sends me Snapchats where he's home for like maybe, maybe a night, and he's gone again. Um, but yeah, that little girl's been growing like a weed. Speaking of little girls, Trav, how? Uh, 
Man, she's good. She's um, five and going on 25, I feel like, with the attitude she has. <laughs> the sweetest little kid in the world, but my lord, the sass level is out of this world. And I mean, good not. It's, it's, and it's like a female version of me, which is slightly terrifying. I just need to get a little bit bigger, maybe some more tattoos, some more guns, because I know I've got about like eight years left and I'm just going to have to start beating kids. <laughs> True, you listening? Yeah, I hear it. <laughs> I, heard a, I heard a song today that might be uh, funny to you, because I'm sure mine's going to be a little little rat too. She's already got some sassiness to her, but it said... Uh, God bless the boy who meets her. <laughs> oh yeah. Like, to, be, to be real honest, like it's it's kind of funny. Like I, I don't necessarily worry about her. I kind of worry about whatever boy she decides to date, bring home, per se, in the future. Because this kid has grown up around me, all of my friends. Um, when I'm at the gym, like coaching, doing whatever, nine times out of ten, she's with me in a kind of old school hardcore powerlifting gym like now we're training kids and stuff too but it's like before we did all that like she was there with me like there's loud uh, music grown rough dudes in there and she's just she's comfortable with that and like the kid will already kind of crack jokes at five years old to bust on you and it's like yep kid whoever you decide to date when you get older is gonna have to have some very thick skin <laughs> well Let's move on to talking hunting because that podcast is all about. Um, let's catch true up on some turkey stuff. We talked turkey last time we talked. This is episode 11, so I think we talked turkey. Pretty sure. But what true? what's the plan? What's what's the go-to for your turkey? What do you got planned for it? Uh, I've just been really hitting the hard tops right now in the Jeep and seeing where the birds are at. Uh, probably... 150 I've seen in one day within two miles of the house either way uh, probably 50 to 75 on the property I have permission on and then I also have Prentice Cooper up here uh, I plan on getting up Saturday morning uh, before before dawn and then going up there and listening see if there's any birds gobbling I'm just trying to see where they're at right now so you're doing a whole lot of scouting you doing yeah, any, like, I mean, cool, are you putting anything out for them no, I haven't. Uh, I mean, I noticed during deer season where they were uh, sleeping, obviously. I mean, just walking in and jumping them off the roost. So I, I kind of know where they're at in my property anyways now. now uh, when, when it comes to... No, go ahead, go ahead. When it comes to public land, I might have to, you know, maybe beat feet a little bit more and do some more in-depth scouting than, than I have to do on the property I have permission on. Is it... Okay, the prop your property stuff like that. Do they tend to move quite a bit in a different area? Because that's been my experience on like private land stuff. Like even like one of my best friends I grew up with, like he lived God, probably five minutes from my parents' house. Like they own quite a bit of land. And man, like you would not see turkeys, maybe one or two, like all the fall, winter, everything like that. But man, by like the second week of February through like maybe like mid-April, they just hung in this one area of that property. And then they would just go. And like we, you might see one or two, you know, handful of birds through May 1st of June, then nothing, literally just a handful of birds sporadically the rest of the year. And then they just come back. Um, now I know some public land areas that they just kind of hold up in and stuff like that. That was just something I was curious about. They stay kind of localized in your area. What are they doing? So from what I saw during deer season and kind of confirming still is they, I'm like right at the crease of the mountain. Mm -hmm. They kind of, they kind of sleep maybe 50 yards up the ridge or so. When they get down, they start like a big loop. It seems like we got fields. They come through the fields in the morning, go down to the bottoms where the ponds are, feed the fields. And then they'll work their way up the ridge and kind of come back down to where I've seen them sleep. So, I mean, they might make a, I don't know, half a mile loop or so, but it seems like they're staying in there pretty good. Hmm. Are you going to be beating feet or are you going to be in a, in a blind? I'm going to set up a blind just for recording purposes. We're going to try to, me and another guy is going to try to get some footage of 
me shooting one with a bow and then he wants to shoot one with a bow as well. He's never done it. So we're going to try to set up a blind here for on my property for that. And then we'll beat feed on Prentice Cooper for sure. I will say I've seen, I've not got time to get out and see scout yet. I did a little bit here at the house the other day, seeing what signs I could see. And of course, nothing. Um, I was at work the other day and there is a road in Cleveland or a combination of two roads that run from one side of the county to dang near the other. And I'm driving down through there. There's a couple in this field, a couple in the other one. I drive by this guy's house and I kid you not, I stopped and sat there and I counted 62 turkeys in this dude's front yard. I'm talking 20 yards from his front door and like five yards off the road. And there was about nine gobblers full strutting, just going ham. I sat in the middle of the road for a good 10 minutes just staring at these birds. And I came a hair of knocking on his door knowing the answer to the question would be, no, you're not hunting my front yard. So I <laughs> Can I sit on your front porch and we sip coffee together? I just so happen we'll have a shotgun. I'll bring some black rifle coffee over. Like, I'll bring the coffee. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we talked about you know, I, I still got to figure out where I'm going to hunt for turkey. I mean, I've got a couple places that I could probably go. Uh, just got the uh, uh, got a text message the other day about a red tag. Do you know what a red tag is? So I don't, I'm sure they do. I got to have something out there. But uh, in Pennsylvania, you can get a red tag if you're a farmer. And you can basically, if you're starting to plant whatever crop you're planting you can kill any deer or that that is that's messing up your crop Hmm. so the farmer that met with a buddy of mine asked my buddy if we were interested in red tag hunting for him (laughs) yeah I mean definitely (laughs) for sure I mean, uh, gets me out in the woods a little bit earlier in this longer season, but uh, I don't know what. How do I say this? Do I? What do I got to give it to the game commission? Am I just killing it just to killing it, or am I killing it? Do I get to keep the meat and the antlers? Do I get to keep it? Like, what do I get? Um. So there goes my dog. Um. Sorry. Got home with groceries and Remy took off. Still be scratching at the door. Come back in here in a minute. But so uh, that's what I was wondering. Keep any bit of it um, if we kill it. So yeah, where was I don't know. Red tag. But anyways, let's move on. Uh, trophy hunting. So when you think of what do y'all think about? I think it's kind of a double-edged sword, and I think in the wrong, in a non-hunter's perspective, I think it is kind of extreme, and I think in, this is kind of, I don't want to say taboo, I don't want to say controversial topic, but I would say that any serious deer hunter could be at times looked at as a trophy hunter. And I don't mean that in regards of what some non-hunters look at it as. Like, I don't think I've yet to meet anyone that personally that I know that is going to go out and shoot a deer and literally just cut its head off and take the antlers and leave the body there. I've not met anyone to do that, but I have met people that say you going out and trying to kill the biggest buck and stuff like that and harvesting like you in a sense by I guess a definition you are in a sense somewhat trophy hunting but you're not just wasting the deer like you're gonna eat it you're gonna process it you're gonna do everything else like and in my eyes that's not trophy hunting you're you're kind of managing especially like if you're one of the guys who has a farm you're doing the work with food plots everything else could you say that you are trophy hunting in a sense, possibly, but you're still utilizing the meat? Um, 
Now, the people that just go, and yes, there are people out there like this. Like, I know you're going to touch on somebody here, but like the people that will go and shoot deer, elk, mule deer, antelope, what pronghorn, whatever, and literally just take the prize part of it, the head, the antlers. Like, there are people that do that. I've never personally met anyone to do it, but there are people out there like that. Um, And I think that gives hunters a bad rep. I think it's becoming less popular nowadays than what it may or may not have been in the past. But it's a, it's a weird topic because I feel as if there's so many people that can take it so many different ways. If you hunt, even inside the hunting community, there's people like, oh, well, heck, man, you can't eat the antlers. And it's like, well, no, but you're not going to have any big deer if you kill every spike and three point that walks out in front of you that's a year old either. So... What about you, Trey, before I go on mine? Uh, I mean, trophy hunting for me would be killing a, a deer bigger than I did the year before. But, I mean, there's a, there comes a time in which, like, you're not going to get a bigger deer, you know? Like, if you, if you knock off the world record, the likelihood of you killing or topping that again is just, just you know, it's not feasible like feasibly possible i mean it is but very unlikely so i kind of agree with trav on that at some point you're really just managing like seek one kills absolute brutus deer every year but he's also killed the same size or maybe even bigger the year before it just you know comes down to the area you're hunting what what the deer produces and uh what you see as a trophy so yeah, so when I, when I think of trophy hunting, I think what y'all talking about going out possible. I also think about killing like an exotic animal. Um, I don't think we have any business going to Africa and rhinos and killing lions and tigers and stuff like that and bears. Don't lie. Okay, this. I do want to touch before we go, and I don't want to get off in the weasiness. What is your stance on that? Are you just completely against it for? What is your stance on that? I just want to hear because I've heard two different arguments for this, and I may be on a different camp to that. I'll agree and disagree. I just want to know your stance on that. I have any business over there killing those animals. Okay. I mean, I don't think – I mean, it's great. You know, if you think otherwise, that's the, that's the great thing about our country that we can agree to disagree. Yeah. But I don't believe that we should be going over – killing animals that are going extinct or killing animals that are very essential to the life of the you know if we're going over there killing you know gazelles and stuff over there that's their ecosystem you know we don't need to be doing that like that a couple years ago that dentist got in trouble for going over there and killing that what was it a lion but there was also other stuff in there. Um, now, you want to go there and kill like an exotic deer? I understand that because we Here's, don't have. I don't. Go no, ahead. go ahead. You're fine. Um, I, I, no, you're fine. Um, the only thing I listen to, I think it's Field Ethos, and it's a bunch of very wealthy, high end hunters and stuff like that. They have like a magazine and stuff like that. Um, and I've heard different topics on this through the hunting community and stuff. And it was a podcast I listened to with some guys. I don't remember which one it was. I, I would plug it for you guys to go listen to. When I was a child, I was it was a little different. Then I got to the kind of the camp you're in where it's like, we shouldn't be interfering with stuff going on. There's enough going on, the poachers and stuff like that. And the way these guys broke it down and what they do is you're paying like this isn't like the three of us going to be able to go over there and do that anytime soon and if one of y'all hits the lottery and we change our minds and decide that we're just going to go over there and spend how much you ever do it great what they were talking is no they're not going and killing you know some animal that is on the brink of extinction or nothing like that but they may go and kill like they draw a tag and they've got outfitters out there so what they're doing is like they're paying these people and what and when they go and shoot this animal they're not taking the meat this meat is going to the tribe it's going to this tribe it's going to these people they're paying these people to work like it's giving revenue 
to this area that otherwise would not have it and is being ravished by poachers that are literally getting it for the tusk and stuff like that and getting other animals that are endangered. And part of the money that they're paying is going to fight poaching. So it was a weird concept to me and it kind of, it didn't necessarily change my opinion on it, but it kind of made me think of it in a little bit of a different light and be like, okay, maybe there is some good to come from this. And do I think there are people that go over there for that? Yes. There was a store in a town close to us that I'm sure Ryan and True, both of you may have went to at some point when you're growing up. Legends. It was in Athens, Tennessee. It's like a pawn shop now, I think, but it was a hunting, fishing, outdoor store for years. And the owner's dad or granddad one was this guy who had just he was an outdoorsman like cold-blooded killer like the man killed everything you walked in and there was a giant elephant that he had killed back decades ago and it was cool to see but it's kind of one of those things where I, it, as a kid it was cool to see but it's kind of like should we do that it, it, it's a weird fine line especially now that they're endangered no if you've got something that's not endangered and you're providing thousands of people with a job and meat that they may not have otherwise was kind of where I was at. I'm not disagreeing with you at all. It's just that it, it, that was something I like to share to maybe bring a different light to it. I'm going to try to go back after this is over and find it so maybe we can plug that podcast again and y'all listen to it just to, to hear their side of it. Whether you change your opinion or not, I, I could care less. Like you said, we, we can agree to disagree. We're all friends here. Mm-hmm. See, like, I, I don't think that's more. No, it's not. I mean, in a I sense, think, but. I, I think that's helping out a community over there. You know, that's going to basically, it doesn't get good food um, because they don't have the technology and the guns that we have to be able to do that. I mean, they're probably still throwing sticks and stones at them. Yeah. But um, I was, what I say about trophy hunting, about going over there, man, I think that's more. Like killing an animal and bringing it back to the states, yeah. Exporting it back, you know that's that ain't cool. That ain't that ain't if you can't kill a deer here, if it's hard for you to kill a deer here, I think it'd be easier to go out there, get with an outfitter, and literally then drive you to where something is. You shoot it from the truck, put it in the truck, and you just paid thousands of dollars for that. That's on you. Yeah, and that's kind of along the same camps, in my opinion, as like the high fence areas. And I know Texas is, you know, covered up with it and stuff, but it's like, to me, that's not something I ever want to do. And I've seen people, you know, go do it. And it's like literally like they have these deer named and like they'll rattle a bell and like two deer walk out at like a hundred yards. And it's like, well, which one do you want today? Do you want Johnny or George over here? George has got a greater mass on him, but Johnny's got two. Yeah. Like the, the deer think they're they hear the bell they're like oh we've got more food coming like to me there there's not much sport in that yeah there, I don't think going to a high fence area would be any fun it, like paying to know that I'm gonna kill something is not yeah it's great that you get to kill something and you know have to trip with your friends or your father or whoever you're with and yeah it's great camaraderie but I believe that. Going out and us is fun. Like, I get up in the same tree as my buddy Jason. He's got a saddle. I've got a stand. He sits up literally on the opposite side of the tree with me, and we sit there and talk. Yeah. Well, and that's kind of where there's a friend my uncle does work for him. It's not far from True. He owns a big, like, area, and he brings in, like, pheasants and stuff like that. And, like, he brings these birds in. And my uncle's like, I can get you a discounted rate to go up there and shoot him. And part of me would like to do it because he's got the dogs that are trained. And it's, it's still an experience that I could get that I'm not traveling hours west to get. But at the same time, I'm like, I, these aren't wild birds that I'm hunting. They're they're brought in simply for this. And it's, it's kind of a, I don't know. It's not the same, but it is the same in my mind, if that makes any sense. Yeah. But, um, True, you got anything to add to that before I talk about this dude. I mean I guess I guess for me I'll, I kind of I agree with people going to Africa and shooting animals uh, the further you look into it nine times out of ten the lines that get harvested are a threat to local villages 
Like they're there, they're patrolling the people, they're hunting the people nine times out of 10. Uh, secondly, like he said, the amount of money it brings into those locals. I mean, I guess if you were saying like for a world hunger standpoint, I mean, they still get the meat, they eat it. The only thing that comes back with you is a cape. Uh, so in the end of the day, you're paying them, you're helping them with food. And then, you know, there's things for those tribes to do that in any other world they wouldn't. Uh, I think now, like, the only way to per se hunt like a rhinoceros or an elephant would be with a dart gun. And that's just to collect data from it. You don't actually harvest the animal. It's still alive. You just tranquilize it. Uh, I mean, that would be super sick to me knowing that the animal is going to live, but like being able to get a picture with it, man, you know. Um, so I think 90% of the hunting that goes on in Africa from Americans is beneficial to those people. So, I, I mean, I, I kind of agree with it. I don't think it's as easy as a high fence area. I mean, even if you watch like Tom Miranda and stuff like, and then my, you know, my cousin Joella, she's been over there and it wasn't long ago that they had no idea. They didn't have the technology to know that elephants and rhinoceros were extinct and she got to harvest both those animals. But what, the early 2000s, they had no idea that those things were on the brink of extinction. So... I want to touch it real quick, like not to get so far off in the weeds on this and make it all about this. He story. says that, but we're going to end up going. <laughs> yeah. Sorry if you hear any racket over here. I'm sitting in my garage and there is now mosquitoes in East Tennessee and they're like swarming me. And apparently I'm a smorgasbord for them. Anyway. Listen, um, that's the Tennessee state bird. Okay. It, it literally is like, and I hate them. I love warm weather, but God, I hate mosquitoes. Anyway. Um, We've kind of touched on this, like I said before, you know, a couple of weeks ago, plugging a broadhead that I'm probably going to try this next year, ox cut. Um, they're from originally, like where they're made and sold is Australia. And I don't know if it was on the podcast or before or after, like Ryan, me and you talked about, like it would be cool to go over there and see kind of like and hunt that area. And they've got like stags that are like kind of a small elk and stuff. Um, so in a sense, is, is do you see a difference in that, like going and harvesting one of those? Of course, you're going to eat this animal. And like you're going to send back, like if you kill a good one, you're going to send it back, you know, to get mounted or however that process works between, you know, like Australia or New Zealand and stuff. Like there's exotic game everywhere that if you really, like if you were wealthy enough and wanted to pursue that, in a sense, that is trophy hunting. But is it, if you're harvesting the meat, whether it's for yourself or you're giving that meat to locals and bringing home, in a sense, the trophy, is that right or wrong? And I think that may come down to morals to someone and someone who does not hunt and does not understand the passion behind it or the economical conservation side of it it may be looked at as the same as somebody going over to Africa, just literally just to shoot the animal. I think that honestly, if I had the, the connections with somebody that lived over there and was like, Hey man, and I don't know if this has ever happened. I'm just throwing this just like a hypothetical, like, Hey man, um, you know, I live over here and there's this village that, you know, this, this, tiger or lion or whatever through it's it's taking kids lives and it's eating the crop and stuff like that and you know i was offered an opportunity to, to go and try to kill it um and you know i thought you know having you come along i, I would have to think about it and i'd, I'd probably i would do it yeah more than likely but I wouldn't bring anything back with me. Like I wouldn't bring hair from the main and tie it up, put it somewhere in the house. But I, I wouldn't be like, yo, let me get the head. Let me get a tooth. Hey, let me get this. Let me get that. And, you know, no, it would just be like, no, I went over there and helped a, a village out. You know, it's because, I mean. Yeah. And I feel like going over there with the, with the intentions of bringing home a trophy. That's yeah, the way I think of it. No, I understand. And there's people even in America that catch 
a tremendous amount of flag for, we'll just say bear hunting. Like, I don't think necessarily where we're at, like there's people around in East Tennessee that bear hunt. They run dogs. During not this guy. Not. <laughs> yeah. I we got you will not. Ca- I'm not going into a bear's house. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. First but, off, I don't at night to hunt deer. You know, yeah. and then you want me to ex- like go into the woods expecting to see a No. No. Not doing it. Sorry. Yeah. Well, and even like west of here, we always go west of here because I think it's a world that like we've, any of us have ever, ever, excuse me if I could talk straight, ever gotten to experience, but. It's a whole world. Um, Sorry. Like mountain lions, bear, stuff like that. Like I know like Idaho, Montana, place like that have like a spring bear. So it's about to happen for those guys. And it's, you know, it's like brown bear and stuff like that. And it's, people get so offended because of an image that is created of like, oh, that's just a fluffy teddy bear. That is not a fluffy teddy bear. You get close to that and see if you can pet it. Like, I assure you, you're not going to live to tell about it. And if you do, you're you're never going to try and pet it again. Just the same as like a mountain lion. I mean, and it goes back to conservation. There's a reason behind this. Um, there's a giant topic right now with reintroducing wolves into different places like Colorado and stuff like that. And it's a big, big controversial topic that I have no business even talking about or even putting my say into because I don't live there. Do you know there's yeah, wolves I- in Cleveland? Yeah, there's wolves in Cleveland. Like, there's a black panther that runs around Bradley County. No, there's actually red wolves that come out from the Tillico Mountain chain. They're native there. I'll be dang. And they're big, too. <laughs> they're not as big as, like, a gray wolf, but they're definitely bigger than a coyote. Hmm. Huh. Hence the Chattanooga Red Wolves. That's why they're named that. I'm just kidding. Huh. I didn't even know that. Yeah, the more you know. Never heard that. Y'all want to go bear hunting? Up? I got the guy. Listen, one of my hey, best. You, you last keep your guy. He he grew up bear hunting, and his dad was. I was supposed to go with them, and he passed away a couple of years ago, unfortunately, and never got the chance to. It's something I would like to do. Is it something I'm going to get into? No, because I have no time for any more hobbies or hunting activities. But. It's not something I think I would love to do. It's something I would love to say I've done and been a part of, but riding around the mountains, getting out and chasing up and down giant ridges to get dogs, and nah, I'm good. I, I'll go and say I've done it, but it's not something I love and want to do all the time. Yeah. Well, we'll go this year. I just, uh, yeah. Yeah, y'all can go. Have fun. Have at it. Uh, we'll get Ryan down, to- too. Yeah, we're gonna no. tell Ryan we got a deer hunting spot of a lifetime. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> be like, by the way, uh, we're going bear hunting. Here I come with my bow, like I'm actually gonna do something. Mister Neil, let's you shoot it with a bow. Yeah, well, I'm so sorry. I don't. I don't. No, no, no. Stop. <laughs> no. But uh, moving on to this guy that I was reading about. This is why I wanted to spark the trophy hunt debate. Um, Eric, I'm gonna say it's Eric. Saying it seems foreign. Eric von Volkerkamp. Volk, Volkerkamp. I, I don't know. He sounds German. I'm going to say that he's German. Yeah, I'm going to say that. Is now, <laughs> well, he's a felon now. Uh, he's got a felony charge for the possession of a trophy mule, misdemeanor of uh, trespassing in the state of Idaho. In October of 22, he killed a 161 inch mule deer. Um, which I didn't know that there was a limit, but their limit is 150 inch. So he was a little the limit uh, that came along with a fifty thousand dollar fine, five year prison sentence, and a lifetime license strip. I can understand the fifty five the fifty thousand dollar line uh, fine. Nah, I can't talk fifty thousand dollar fine uh, and the license strip, but. Do we think that five years in prison is a little harsh? Like, I don't know. I guess I'd have to 
figure out if he did it intentionally or yeah. I mean, is there that's more to the story? We're never know, though. Yeah. That's, that's something we'll never know. He would, I mean, did he know that the limit was 150? I mean, who's how, what's he supposed to do? Pull his tape measure out and be like, hey, come here, dear. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I would I would want to know the circumstances. Did it say if it was in season, out of season? What what was the if it was out of season, they're gonna hammer you to the wall of anything they can. Especially oh, if it what, was out of season, yeah. What state hundred percent. Idaho. Idaho, yeah, and I think they've got some pretty strict stuff up there. Um I'm not sure anyone from Idaho that listens to this and wants to, you know, have a conversation about it. We would love to hear that. Um I, I would like to hear more context behind it. Because I know people around here that have gotten caught shooting say spotlighting massive deer and have gotten either I'm going to take your gun I'm going to take the deer or they've gotten I'm going to take your gun your truck every gun you own the deer um, all these deer head in your house and you're going to jail for a year or you know along those lines and I think it it's I don't I don't know I don't know how I feel about that I, of course it's, it's a weird weird I would want to know as I'm looking here to find that article again, Georgia bow hunter attacked by bear. Ha! No. <laughs> They're just teddy bears, right? They're just big teddy bears. Yeah, well, you can keep your teddy bear. I've got one on the bed. Well, that's good. Um, what is your... Okay, seen the video. It circulated around the past couple of years and it always seems to come out at least once around turkey season of a turkey hunter getting it. <laughs> Uh, a good sized bobcat, and I think it was either in North Georgia or somewhere in Tennessee where it happened. Big old bobcat, yeah, big old bobcat. Um, <laughs> and it happened like I mean, and I think that in the area we're in, well, I don't know about you, per se, you, but like me and Truman here, like it's the predators are not, I don't know, like the you've got bobcats, but coyotes, stuff like that, but nine times out of ten, like they're gonna run from you. And black bear are majority of the time I feel are going to go the direction unless you're close to one of their cubs. Then you're subject to get mauled. Yeah, well, that, you know, you know what the best way to not get mauled by a bear? By a bear? Don't go around it. Well, uh, so apparently this dude is like a social media personality. That's what they're uh, claiming it as muley freak. Everybody's heard of a muley freak. Um, charges come from a hunt that took place in October of 2022 where Welcome killed a 161-inch deer on private property. Oh, that's the trespassing. He allegedly did not have permission. has resulted up to a $50,000 in fines, five years in prison, and a lifetime hunting ban. Um, so I think that's the max that they can give him. I don't know that they gave him that. Uh, it says resulted. Oh, it did. Could could result up up to. Sorry. Um, received citations for trespassing to hunt a mule deer buck on private ground in, in Idaho, as well as other charges. Protection of the animal. The charges were initially marked as misdemeanors, uh, but I don't think a, you're going to go to jail for misdemeanor. Um, measured 11 inches over the 150. That, that's crazy. It's 11 inches. Yeah, I mean, you can't tell that. That's not even a foot, dude. Like, you can't I, tell that at 10 yards. Exactly. Like, you know how I got to pull my binoculars out and count the freaking spikes, count the points on 40 yards away? But then, so then you got to guess how long they are. Yeah. So as... As y'all been sitting here talking, I pulled up. I think I found the link you were reading, Ron. And I tried to. I pulled it up on Instagram, Muley Freak, and I think it's a collective amount of people. Um, I'm trying to find. This may be where he actually shot the deer. There may be a video of it. I'm sure there is. Um, no states like Idaho. I don't know why I keep saying Ohio. Idaho places a much higher value on their tro- uh, their trophy bucks, as well as the consequences for illegally taking one. 
So it doesn't really say if it was. I guess it was in season. There's a pick that he got. Uh, trespass to hunt mule. It does. I mean, I guess he's in season. Mm-hmm. But then again, like, let's take in human factor of of this sequence. You're gonna tell me that I'm gonna go out on a wild guess here. This judge doesn't hunt. Say there's only a couple people, maybe out of a, a jury of, I think it was whenever I went to jury duty, it was like 15 people. People probably hunt and know the struggle of knowing, okay, that is over a hundred. No, I'm not going to do it. Truman's not going to do it. Travis isn't going to know it. We're going to look at that and be in that it's standing in front of us, that we're going to want to kill it. So it would be different if they had like a... You know, yeah. So you can pull your binoculars out and be like, okay, one, two, three, four, five, okay. Yeah, I'm two points over the limit. I, I can't kill that. But yet, you know, and then it also comes down if they did that, are they counting all that trash down the... What's their, what's their regulations for points if you can hang a ring on it because if that's the case there's a buck and my father-in-law he called uh, like 11 or 12 point if you counted all the trash that you could hang a ring on the thing's like an 18 point so I think going by inches is not not the way to do it but it doesn't anything in the article about if it I guess it was in season but what was the other thing we were taking consideration of in season or um, he was trespassing too so. he was trespassing but it said that he allegedly didn't have permission on allegedly allegedly so well I mean there is people that just walk out on other people's property but it's not typical thing yeah and out there it's kind of a the public private thing it's uh, there's a lot of public ground there was a video i was looking on I, of course i wasn't going to play the volume with us on here but it was you know said something gag order repealed i had permission blah 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 it was in the description so i i think this is going was kind of a a back and forth war or two and it may come down to a he said she said kind of deal i think that's exactly what's going to come down to i don't think that they're going to be able to to tap this guy on this, I don't think they're getting anything from it. Which and what makes <laughs> did have permission? Say he didn't. We're gonna give the guy the benefit of the doubt here. Say he didn't know that it was over. It, it just he just saw a buck of a lifetime. He's going for it. And he's got a business. Look, it appears to me it's a business that he's got. Looks like there's hoodies and shirts and stuff like that with a couple guys. Like this is gonna put a big damper in on his life. In now, whether say he was right, and we're giving the guy the benefit of the doubt, and he may be wrong, we may be horrible people for saying that, but like now, this is going to hurt his livelihood. And if he's got business partners, it's hurting that because of, like you said, the judge may not hunt, the prosecutors they may not hunt, they may be, you know, trying to make an example out of someone, maybe trying to push something further along the lines of the non hunting or to making it way more difficult for anyone to be able to do that and we know that that's the the process with everything in our country with hunting yeah, it's, it's supposed to be innocent until proven guilty but now innocent we won't go um, off on anything on that regard no but like another thing if he shot it on land that he had permission to hunt but it ran on the property of whoever he wasn't supposed to be hunting on. Yeah. I'm going to did gonna, it with a bow. Yeah, and so. I'm going to say this here and it right wrong, I don't care if I've killed a buck of a lifetime and I'm close to a property line and that thing runs, jumps a fence in his own Joe Blow, my neighbor or the neighboring property and I know Joe Blow is a not so pleasant person to deal with. I may, if this is a buck of a lifetime, I may or may not just take the chances of jumping that fence, dragging it back, and 
on there. Is that right or wrong? Should I do that? No, I probably shouldn't. The right thing for everyone to do would contact that person. Hey, I shot this deer on said property. I'm allowed to hunt. It died, it run and died on your property. You know, that is the right thing to do. Now, we don't know if that's what happened. I would love to know the details. And now that we've talked about this, I'm probably going to go down a rabbit hole tonight trying to figure everything out on what did happen. I found his nickname. What is it? Rabbit. That's mine? Yep. That's your new nickname. Rabbit. Bank account. <laughs> Got a check-ins and a savings. And I, I bet that'll see. no money in either one of his. <laughs> $50,000 fine, yeah. I would say so. But, um, yeah, I mean, going going down to that, that part, and anybody does run into this problem, knock on the door if the landowner wants to be how christian like say this an a-hole about it uh contact your local game because i know for a fact in pennsylvania you've got to go harness that deer yeah. you shot it you've got to go find it and that, that's what i said in the hunter safety courses contact or will for their license or whatever Contact believe- the land, game land so they can go out there and tell the like you've got to go find this deer. And I think that's the same in Tennessee because I know, like I said, one of my good friends is a game warden, and I think he's been on a call like that to where like, hey, I shot this on this property. These people don't want to allow me to get on there, and I believe that most of the time they show up, talk to the landowner, the landowner's understanding, then like the game warden goes with them, gets the deer or whatever animal it is, brings it back, you're good to go then. Um, I was kind of just being smart like in that sense earlier, like about doing that. Don't do not do that. Especially if you know the person, the property bordering, the property you're hunting does not like it and does not want you near it. Like, don't, don't do that. Um, I don't want to say that and get anyone in any bit of trouble, especially any young hunters or anything like that or give you, you know, any bad advice that way. It's more of a joke, but... Because it I mean, I would do it if it, if I could see it from the fence. Yeah, I'd do it. Yeah, but it's kind of one of those things too. Because what's to say? You know, I mean, they may press the charges too on you, and I don't know how it would. Once again, it would come down to a he said, she said, and you know, around here, there's no telling which way it would go. I don't know about Pennsylvania, um, but we have went way off in the weeds on this topic. True, maybe asleep at this point. No, it's always yeah, safer to call the game warden and get his help. Yeah. If, if I'm over here watching True on, yeah. on FaceTime yawning. <laughs> Nodding off. But no, like Drew said, it's always safer to call the game one. But like I said, if I did see it jump the fence and I could get from the fence, it's like within an eyesight of you. Mm, yeah, I'd jump over there. I wouldn't gut it over there, but I'd jump over there and pull it back fence and gut it on the property that I'm on. I wouldn't leave my scraps over there. But like that's only if I can see it. It fall. So there's my little mischief for the day. You rebel. Rebel. But anybody got any more takes on that before we let uh, True pop off with some topics that he. No? I'm good. So, True. Topics, bye. Um. They're kind of more reminders, but uh, maintenance on the bows. Do that now. Strings, cables. Just, uh, you know, take it to your local archery shop. Get them to do it a once-over. Not everybody's a pro at this crap. Uh, the bow will blow up if something's wrong with it. So, it's good to take your time in the off-season, get everything looked over, and then, you know, maintain it with wax throughout the year. Make sure you're waxing your strings. Any other cable or string, it can start to dry and dry rot out. Don't be, go to Walmart, buy some wax. Buy a pack of two of them for like eight, six bucks. Yeah. You know? So go get some wax, man. Uh, you said something about entry and exits? That, yeah, just, uh, you know, scouting should be happening now. Uh, preparation of the tree should be happening now where you want to hunt next year. Uh, and just working on, 
entry and exit routes to the stand to try to prevent uh, spooking of the animal you're trying to harvest. Yeah, because all this stuff, your success, and it's just like I tell wrestlers now, your success in winter comes in the summer. It starts with your summer preparation. True understands that because me and him wrestled. Uh, Trav, don't really know much about his sports career, but he seems like he gets... I, don't know. <laughs> uh, I quit playing sports as a teenager. Regretfully, I miss it. But um, I don't know when you try to power lift and work three jobs and raise a kid and it just run on caffeine in Copenhagen. Then <laughs> just be honest. Uh, people be like, "Man, you're not that old. You didn't play sports that long. Why do you hurt?" And it's like, "Well, it's not the age, honey. It's the miles." And there's. 300,000 on this 29 year old. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I think for coming, all three of us being athletes, your your success in, in season comes with the preparation from off season. And that goes down as well. You want deer? Go put corn out. You want to see deer? You want to make sure that they're coming in? Go put cameras out. Go set stands up now. If you're doing hang on sta- or hang on stands or ladder stands, go set them up now. Get them used to that stand being there. Hang on the some doors. Get some new, get some new uh, property to hunt. Go knock doors. Go knock, yeah, go Reach knock out. Yeah, use Onyx. Use Google Maps. Find areas you think there may be, and then try to get it. Like that. Yeah. The worst. You might get nine nose, but you'll get one. Yeah, you might get nine no's, but you'll get one yes, and that one yes might just lead you to the next state record. You know, I've got a friend I've touched on that first episode I was on here who has permission to hunt, like, probably anywhere. You could probably drop this dude in the middle of nowhere. We'll say Idaho, because we talked about it. Like, this guy would end up, by the end of the day, having 250,000 acres to hunt and five different people. I don't know how he does it. I've I've yet to figure it out. You know, but... um, I will say any young person out there that finds a piece of property, say you find an older guy who has a farm, he lets you hunt. Don't, don't let this be a one-sided transaction. Don't just go in there, hunt this property and do everything like, like offer this man something too, like, or this, this couple, whatever, whoever it is, like offer this person something, offer them some help on things they may need around the land, offer them to bring them deer meat or to bring them, just a ham towards the holidays just to show that your appreciation for letting them do that and i feel like that's something that may have passed in our generation a property that we hunted growing up with my dad it was a friend of his like he played golf with this guy he you know but he owned this farm and i remember as a kid dad coming in there on saturday mornings waking up hey let's go and i'm like it's daybreak on a saturday what are we doing he's like we're going to wayne's to help him do something on the farm i'm like why He's like, because I said one, two, because, excuse me, gives us permission to hunt on his land. We're not just going to go over there and make this a one-sided thing where he needs help. We're going to help him, you know, and then in turn, we got to hunt. And I think that's something that a lot of people need to kind of take into consideration. Now, whether, I, and I'm saying that a lot of people do go and pay for leases and stuff. That's become a huge thing. But if you're not in that position and someone's gracious enough to allow you permission to hunt their land, don't take it for granted. Give them something, whether you, you know, just bring them deer meat, help them. Because anybody at some point is going to have some fence down. They're going to have trees down. They're going to need help feeding something. They're going to need help with something. Just, And even if they tell you no, you, you tried. Yeah. 100%. And don't trash it. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't. With your little Better. Debbie wrappers that you're taking with you to go eat while you're out stand, don't throw them out of your stand. Backpack. Don't throw your Gatorade bottles in. out. Yeah. Whatever you take in, leave it better than what you found it. If you take another trash piece from with the you. way yeah. in, yeah. If you find trash from the way in or the way out, pick it up. It's well, not that the, hard. It's so hard now. It's because people they trash it. They don't pick the stuff they come out, or they they don't listen to rules that the, the landowner said and stuff. And that has become, we'll, we'll touch on with waterfowl. And I know there's a lot of guys, you know, that 
lease these fields and stuff like that. And they don't want to let people do that. They don't want to let people hunt because they trash it. Like I know with waterfowl hunt, any, even any hunting, you find somebody that's like, Hey, you can drive to this point, walk further or don't drive your truck. You can take an ATV or side by side so far. <laughs> don't drive for section. I know it may be longer, but you know, and what do people do? They'll just cut right through the middle of the field, leave ruts, tear everything to pieces that uh-huh. then, the farmer has to fix said spring or after, you know, and it's, it, it makes more work for them and it makes them hesitant to let people come in there and hunt. And I, it just popped up into my mind and I've done this before, so I'm guilty of this, but I learned my lesson from it. <clears throat> if you get permission to hunt somebody's land and you want to take a buddy on said land, let the no or ask him first hey uh mr so-and-so thank you for letting me hunt i just want to let you know i'm going to be out there saturday morning would you mind if i bring my buddies travis and truman along they have their own stand set up just so you know i'm going to come to you first and if he says no he says no respect it that's great but don't let that be uh well now y'all got permission to be there too so y'all can go out there without me nope that's not it that is not it so if you get permission for you and you want to take a buddy out because we're all helping each other out with hunting spots let the landowner one know sorry hold on know that you're out there two ask him if you can bring a friend along that they're coming with and three don't give someone third party access Oh, I've got land. Oh, okay. Well, if I've got it and he, okay. Truman, Trav, y'all go out there to hunt uh, while I'm out here working. No, that's not it. Um, True, what's another another little topic you got? Uh, just shooting. I haven't been able to shoot. I've been on the road, so. Put yourself in yeah. weird positions. Uh Heck, right now, even if you got like walk on stands, put one up and shoot out of it, take you a target to where you hunt and set it up, you know, get your shooting lanes right, shoot the target, get down, move it to a different shooting lane, shoot the target. Uh, the, the better you practice, the better you're going to perform in hunting season when the time is right. Yeah, see, that's, I haven't really shot much. Um, got more arrows for my birthday. So I need to go out there, number them one through six, and then get back shooting. So, Trav, you got anything? I'm good on that, man. We're going to save bow fishing for next time. That'll work. Yeah. That sounds like a plan. Yeah, we're right at ending time. Let's uh, let's see. True, you got a Bible verse or anything? I got you one, dude. Pretty oh, well known one. Coming out of Isaiah 54 and 17. And it says, or let me rephrase, it reads, No weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue which rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. So, uh, I think that goes for the Bible Belt bow hunting rack chat squad. Uh, we had some technical difficulties. Felt like we were kind of under attack by the enemy, but you know, we, we took our little break and we're back. So we're not being shut out. So no, just we're put it out there. Yeah. Just that, that weapon that was formed against us has not prospered and we're going to push through and we're going to continue doing this thing, do the Lord's work. Yes, sir. Trav, you got anything to add? I'm good, man. Y'all said it well. All right. Well, I guess I'll close this out in prayer. So every head bowed and every eye closed, please. Uh, dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for all the many blessings that you've given everybody throughout their weeks and throughout their days. Uh, I pray that you bless everybody's weeks and allow them to go through their work week or their school week or 
whatever they got going on, that they make it through happy, healthy, knowing that you're right behind them with your hand on them. Um, I pray for anybody that's out there hurting right now that they voice in their head telling you to telling them to turn to you that you've already reached out and touched them and you've got a plan for them because you're the reason they're here um so i hope that if they're hurting that you take that pain if they feel like they have chains that you know um for anybody that's wanting to know christ or you know get into the the faith allow them to bow their heads and confess to you that you are the Lord and that, you know, you have sinned and you want to be, and that you're willing to take a next step in life to sit down and read how great, uh, that our God is for happiness, healthiness, and everyone to have a fantastic week in Jesus name. We pray. Amen. Amen. But that's going to episode 11. This is Mr. Hager himself with Mr. Self and Bam. Bunny Rabbit himself, Travis. We will That's see me. you back here next week. Peace out. Peace, y'all. See ya.